1: Welcome to Radio Free Mavericks. It is Wednesday night, August 4th. We've had roughly 48 hours since the start of free agency, and it has gotten incredibly boring where everyone is starting to turn on one another for opinions that we uh, have and can't actually influence the Mavericks. Uh, The only thing going on with the Mavericks at the moment, as far as I know, is They are now uh, apparently playing a strange game of chicken with Toronto, and we're going to be sitting here for a while, um, as Heath in the chat notes that I'm not mad enough. Uh, I don't know. I'm really bored. I think bored would be the notion that I am. Um, I get fired up every now and again with kind of what's going on with this, but um you know, the big picture at the moment is that the Mavericks uh, are just kind of a playing kind of a, a long game of, uh, of chicken with, with Toronto, and I'm not sure if they're going to win. I don't really know the status of what's supposed to happen. Um, I'm not sure really what the holdup is. I have a, a sneaky suspicion that, uh, and, and this is literally based on nothing, uh, but uh, with how you know how many injuries Goran Dragic has dealt with the last several years, it would not shock me if he has let all parties involved know that he would like to play in Dallas and pretty much only Dallas, and he might retire if he does something different. Um, so now it's about coming to an agreement on compensation for if he goes to Dallas, and if the Mavericks are going to hold up because of Josh Green or something like that, I I don't get it. I don't get it with Tyler Terry either. I do understand that fans really love those players. I love guys with potential too, but it's not something that um, it's not something that I'm really married to at the moment. Before I start bringing people up on stage, I wanted to kind of address a couple of things in the chat. Uh, let's see here. You know, people are questioning about Kelly Ubre, Lori Markkinen, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Schroeder. Germans, can't say your name right. Um, Schroeder's deal is this, and to get the the right read on him, you should find yourself an old hat Atlanta Hawks guy. Dennis thinks he is the best player on every team that he's on. Now, keep in mind, he just played on a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Um, I suppose for the right price... If, you know, as long as we're not paying him, you know, three for five for 150 million, then this could work out just fine. Uh, but I just, I don't, I just don't see the fit or I don't see the the personality fit is, is really what I mean. Um, you know, Ethan notes that obviously Jason Kidd just spent a year with him, which I think is, is something. And if, if they haven't made a play for him yet with kids insight that says something to me also. Uh, but again, it could, you know, as we're kind of seeing Cuban is being, Xavier doesn't like it when I call Cuban cheap. Um, but Cuban is being cheap at the moment. So I don't really, um, know, uh, for anybody that's, uh, that has questions, uh, like Jacob just asked in the chat, how do you get the audio restarted? Sometimes you need to go and, um, I, uh, as, as you need to go and restart the app, um, You know, Scott, uh, our CBA explainer, and Xavier as well, CBA explainer, uh, would probably like for me to explain that the Mavericks are not cheap in so much as they are frustrating um, as managers and asset managers. And I think a lot of us use cheap as a shorthand for frustrating. Um, All right. Let's start bringing people up and then we can uh, see where we are. As always, if you if your name is not somebody that I recognize, I'm going to bring you on first and then we'll bring on regular get- or people who come up later. I see Ruben has asked to chat and I've seen him in the uh, chat before, but I don't remember if I brought him up on stage. So Ruben, how are
2: you? Hey, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Yeah, this is my first time speaking. I'm always... uh in the room. I love what you guys uh, talk about, but I just had a couple points if I could. Uh, Yeah, so I kind of, I do like what the Mavs have done, uh, only because they did it so quickly. Um, I hate every year where we just have our eyes set on one person, and literally every year, we don't get the person we have our eyes set on, and we're picking from just garbage. Um, I love the two guys we signed. Um, I I, I heard, you know, your opinion on them and how we may use them. Um, But I definitely wanted to just say, Hey, we didn't sit on our, uh, on our hands. And I hope this is a a new way we do business. Hey, as soon as we hear, Hey, uh, this guy is not available. We go to the next option and then so on and so on. Um, What, what did you think about, you know, how quick we, we went after guys? So it's funny. We had a really um,
1: interesting back and forth discussion in the Mavs and Moneyball Slack about this today, about how like quickly everything rolled out and then how it just went quiet really quickly. And what that said to me is that the Mavericks uh, were engaged in what Bill Simmons loves to coin uh, pre-agency and. Sorry, I'm escaping my dog. who will not leave me alone. Love That's you, big guy. Right. Um, and, you know, they had some of this stuff with Tim just ready to go, and that makes me very happy because it means that they weren't screwing around and waiting for something to happen. I mean, the last, what do you want to say, two off-seasons, it feels like they've just kind of been messing around. um, Or they're waiting for the market to play out or whatever nonsense reason that they give, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm very pleased to uh, I'm very pleased to to see that they're doing something something quickly.
2: Definitely, definitely, and um, just a couple more points. I may have like an unpopular opinion, but <laughs> I you know I I like what you know Dragic, uh you know was um, you know the past season. I mean he he probably did have an okay season, but. Uh maybe it's just me but I do not want him on a 19 million dollar contract. I feel like that's that's a super waste of money. It's it's like, you know, when we first got Timmy in that trade and he was on his, you know, big contract and everybody was saying, "Oh my god, uh, you know, this is a waste of money." I feel like we're going to be in the same cycle. I know it's one year and it's expiring, but I feel like we could do something else with that money. Now if I I believe the holdup is, you know, if I were the Mavs, I would not budge. I would say, "Hey, Toronto, take him." If he wants to say, "Fine," let him. I, I'm pretty sure he'll say, "Hey, buy me out." I'm just waiting on. I'll t- I'll wait on that buyout as long as I could. If I was, you know, the Mavs, um, I I don't want to give up assets just to make room for that big of a contract. Um, what What do you think about that? I mean, to me, the the kind of excuse me. To me, the
1: line is is like a pick. I don't want them to trade. a few. me pick. either I players that are want players trade. that are on the roster, though, send all of them. Send every single fucking one of them. Everybody but Luca. I don't care. <laughs> um, I made this. I made this pitch on another uh, locker room, but apparently, like my last three haven't recorded, and so I'm just going to make it again if people don't mind. I sort of think that Luca is at a pretty important stage in his development where he's so good and we're, we're, nobody can talk to him. He can show up at games having gone out the night before, give you 25, 10, and, and 8, and look like shit doing it. And then when he you know really decides to play, he can put up 45 and 16. I mean, the guy is is just an otherworldly dude. And on the court... His antics—I don't think we discuss them enough. Like Perkins, like when Kendrick Perkins attacks our guy, we get pissy. But I think some of the stuff about his on-court behavior has there's there's it's it's getting to be too much, and the off-court stuff, you know, bring you know practicing and just bringing it every day. Luca's so gifted; I think he needs someone to help drive him. And I don't know if there are any Slovenians in the chat right now, but I've talked to enough that really talk about how his sort of role as a mentor with the Slovenian national team was really important in Luka's development. And I think bringing in that older hand is worth it. And I, it, it kind of at no matter the cost, because I mean, Jason Kidd will be able to approach him from one angle and, you know, uh, a Goron could approach it from another. And I, to me, that's where I am with it. I do understand that it's a lot of money, um. Somebody said in the chat is is Powell and Willie Cauley Stein a better use of that same money? And that you know, I, I, I that's kind of where my head is at the moment too. But I do get that it's expensive. Um, I don't particularly care that it would cost Cuban and and you know the get us over you know whatever it has to do with the cap. Like I just that's not something that I'm thinking about at the moment because for me his somebody that could bring Luca just bring him to back to earth a little bit before he, you know, I mean, he's a top three player on the planet. So it's, it's, I don't know, it's just something I'm thinking about and maybe I'm overthinking it, but I see that as kind of a, an intangibles benefit that we, that, that, you know, is, is not going to be reflected.
2: Right. Right. And, and just how I look at it, the, um the Goron, on, uh, you know, either he's, it sounds like he's already about to get traded to Toronto, no matter what we do. Um, so say you know, hey, he's in Toronto. You know, my you know dream come true would be he's brought out, and then you know, Mavs can sign him for way cheaper than nineteen mil. But even if that doesn't happen, uh, how I look at you know as our you know the team as constructed right now with the the new pieces we added. I look at our second year players as new pieces too just because Rick never let them play at all. Um and you know you are right. Luka is a to- is a different type of animal and I feel like you could put <laughs> like anybody next to him and he's going to make them sure if, if they take initiative almost a you know all star if they really wanted to like they'll he puts the ball in the right place every single time so how i look at it with the team we have now that's perfectly fine uh you know i'm i'm willing to go into the season how we look you know a healthy kp i know you, you hate kp but no um, it's but healthy, healthy, KP. healthy matters with him it- yeah i a healthy KP and our second year players and whatever rookie, you know, makes it onto the 15 man roster. I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that, you know, but um, yeah, hopefully we get Goron, but at a lower price and, you know, just my last point, Um, I, I you said, trade everybody. Now I would, I, I wouldn't trade everybody for Goron. But <laughs> this Bradley Bill thing that just popped up today, I would give away <laughs> the whole team just to have enough money to get him on the team. I don't Bring me Bradley Bill, KP, and Luca, and surround them by scrubs and the two pieces we picked up. I, I'm willing to give up, you know, the rookie, you know, any rookies or anything just to make that happen. Now, I would cash out for Bradley Bill. I wouldn't cash out for – gore on at sure. all <laughs> sure
1: i mean i'm being a little facetious there yeah it's just yeah. i don't know this this uh, free agency this is it's funny this is the first year that this hasn't gotten to me um in the sense of if you go look at my timeline and you know I, I, using twitter search can be really fun uh if you go look at my timeline like july 1st or july 10th of 2016 when they signed harrison barnes after i had like Viciously campaigned against Harrison Barnes. I lost my shit, and and 2019 I did the same thing. This is the first free agency where, and I was talking about this with uh, with Grant uh, at Slingy One on Twitter. Uh, those of you who saw his uh, Mark Cuban re- retweet him today, um, I'm pleased with what they've done. Where I get frustrated is when they sell us either through leaks or through discussions with media straight up about how they want to do X, Y, Z things, how they want to go get certain kinds of players, then they don't do those things. And then we're called ungrateful assholes for, for wanting to hold them accountable. And, you know, I mean, let's just be honest. If they lose Luka Doncic or Luka decides like demands a trade in three years, we're going to burn the fucking house down. Because there's a straight path between Luca, you know, but, but with some of the team building stuff and it drives me crazy when I hear Tim McMahon say on a podcast that Mark Cuban really doesn't want to pay that 19 million for Goran Dragic. And I'm like, so you're telling, it's like, I hear that. And whether this is the intent or not, and I think the capologists will tell me I'm wrong, but I hear this and I think, okay, he's being cheap. He doesn't want to pay for this. And I, I understand I might be wrong there, but like I think from an emotional point of view, most fans would kind of feel the same way, at least if you like Goron,
2: Right. And I think what Mark is thinking is kind of almost maybe the same thing I'm thinking. We're going to get Goran. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's inevitable. Either we're going to get him this year or he's done. His deal is over this year anyway. He's coming next year. We're going to get Goran and Luke is going to sign this deal. So you know, if we, I, where Mark is at, like, why would I want to pay 19 million for somebody that's going to be here, regardless, either th- uh, this year on on a buyout deal, or just he's going to be a free agent next year, and he already said I want to be in Dallas. So, so yeah. like, what's what's giving up a pick, you know, or assets just for God that's I don't really got to give anything up for, <laughs> but if you do want him this year, then hey, yeah, you might have to give up a piece. Or, you know, Goran could put his foot down. Hey, get me out of here. Players sure. do run the league. Like, hey, buy me out now. Um, but that that was it. Uh, thanks for letting me up. Uh, sure thing. Blast. Love the show and the podcast. So, uh, And I love these green rooms. Uh, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate that,
1: Ruben. You have a good night. Okay. Coming up next, I'm going to bring on Xavier because I think Xavier wants to correct me on some things where I'm wrong. How you doing, my guy?
3: Hey, what's up, Kirk? Hey, just wanted to explain the thing about the um, the Dragic deal. So it's not that he's being cheap. It's that we can't just trade Powell for Dragic. Straight no, out. no, it's got to be the more. Yeah. Of, uh, for that to work. So the question is, who's the second player that we include in that? Mm. If we trade Paulie Stein with Powell, well, now we're giving up two – two centers, and now we don't have any depth at the center position. We pretty much just have Bobon and Moses Brown. That's not really, you know, favorable for us. If it's Tyrell Terry or Josh Green, where well, they're like, well, we're already lacking young players. Do we want to part with one of the two young players that we have to get Dragic for one year? Probably not. I personally would, because I'm down on them, but maybe yep. the front office probably like, you know what, That's that's too rich for our blood. Other sure. than we don't really have any moderate size salaries to couple with Powell. So that's why that's the holdup. It's not that if Cuban could just trade Powell for him straight up, they probably cave, but the numbers just don't work. So it's that second player. That's the holdup. And so we don't have a player making four to $5 million that we wouldn't mind just tossing mm-hmm. in. And that's the problem.
1: But well, um, the the Willie Collie Stein thing, just while you're here, you have to admit that if you're, I don't know, but if uh, hardcore or casual fan, if you hear that Willie Colley Stein is the holdup in the trade, there's like a record scratch kind of going on because center and, and you know, you're much smarter than me about this, but would you agree that big men are, is the most talent is, is there. There's a, the largest surplus in the league in, in big men, because when
3: it comes to crunch time in the playoffs, centers just don't play compared to wings and guards. Oh, I, I agree. I, I think big men, unless you have a true two way superstar, I don't think anybody should invest significant mm-hmm. resources into center. That's why I think the Jared Allen contract in Cleveland is such an albatross, mm. but he doesn't have enough upside to be worth $20 million a year. He just doesn't. Okay. Now, a Deandre Ayton or Joel Embiid, somebody who can affect the game on both sides of the court. Absolutely. But, Four million dollars for Woody Kali Stein isn't overpaid. That's a player that should be making the minimum. So uh-huh. as, it, it upset me deeply when we picked up his options because we can go to the scrappy. We can get a Hassan Whiteside or somebody of that ilk to give uh-huh. us most of what Woody Kali Stein gives us. But unfortunately, you know, maybe at this point they don't like whatever bigs are out on the market. So to them, Woody Kali Stein. Sure probably better than whatever else is out there because he's probably be the best rim runner that's available Um, and so they probably see that as the best match now I saw some people in the chat keep recommending Burke the problem with Burke is that he has player option for next season Ah,
1: nobody wants that
3: that was was
1: like who why they signed him to three years like now it makes sense why they had the trade kicker because the 15 percent on three million goes up to what like 3.4 something like that and but like that, that
3: option. helps the salary. But who the hell wants to play? Like, like pay you know Trey Burke? Yeah, and so. and the player options is that it's always going to favor the player because if a mm-hmm. player underperforms, they're always going to opt in. That's going to screw you. And if mm-hmm. they overperform their contract, well then they're going to opt out, and you can probably lose them. So player options are the worst things from a team perspective. That's why nobody wants to take on Burke. So that's why you you probably won't see Burke included in that trade unless sure. you are with draft compensation to incentivize them to take on those deals. But sure. um. just wanted to explain that real quick. Sorry. No, thank you.
1: Appreciate it. All right. We'll talk to you later, Xavier. Um, okay. Oh yeah. And you can come back up later if you want. So just while we're here, I, I saw some kind of like disgruntlement in the chat when we're talking about centers and big men, just, just in terms of what they get paid. Nobody here is saying they're bad. It's just when you really get down to brass tacks, who's playing. I mean, Andre Drummond signed a minimum deal. Like, that is, that's shocking even to me, who is not an Andre Drummond fan. Uh, you know, that, like, that's why I like kind of the Moses Brown thing, because, you know, $2 million a year for the next three years, he's going to be able to, to come in and, and soak up center minutes. I mean, granted, the guy can't guard a chair, but he's, he's uh, you know, he's huge, um, which is fun. Um, all right. Let's see who wants to come up next here. We've got a lot of folks. We're going to work through it as quickly as we can. Um, like I said, I'm going to bring on people that I don't recognize the names as much because we have a lot of repeat customers, and I'm glad you guys keep coming back. So, Marco, how are you, Marco?
4: Hey, what's up, Kirk? How are you doing? good. Thank you for joining. Uh, I just want to touch on two things. Um, uh, continue what Xavier was saying about the y the Powell thing. It just kills me how we have three centers that Combine Bobon Moses and Willie make way less than Dwight Powell does.
1: (laughs) That Dwight Powell contract. I mean, uh, that was weird at the time. I mean, I I hate to take another man's money because Lord knows people have tried that to me. But it, it, it just never made sense because even, you know, I'm sure that this group, just because we've watched Dwight for so long, a lot of us who are tired of him are like really tired of him. But I, I, I'm sure we'd feel the same if he was making eight million dollars a year versus eleven. But it it is wild. It was it's just so wild.
4: And the part that he still has an extra year on that contract, I don't think Toronto want to take that.
1: Right, I think that's true too. The extra, I mean that the only the only argument I can make, and it's a terrible one, is that he's Canadian. <laughs> it's <laughs> like maybe he wants to go. Maybe they want to have a Canadian player. So. Yeah.
4: And another thing I want to touch on was on that um. I'm frustrated how Chicago and New York signed better free agents than we did, you know?
1: The New York thing is so, or uh, the New York thing is kind of weird to me because I I can't help but feel like they're going to blow up at some point. Um, But the the Chicago thing is an example of what we're talking about when it comes to creative capology. I am not good at this stuff. A lot of other people out in the chat are. We had Mav CBA out there. Uh, Kenny, lots of people who really enjoy kind of getting in the accounting part of this. I just have a hard time with it. So I'd rather not like, I'd rather not try than be wrong. Cause there's nothing more embarrassing than like, you know, shooting my mouth off about this shit. But it, I, I just can't help but feel that the last 10 years, you know, they, they, they sold out on the 20, 2011 team. And they said, we know what we're doing with the cap. And over at the last 10 years, I've never once felt like that they knew what they were doing with it. And so you watch what Chicago's doing, and you know, granted, I don't. They really, I've got to give it to them. Uh, they went all in and in, in a in a huge way. It was so funny that I pissed I pissed the internet off about um, uh, Demar Derozan and Alex Caruso, and then both of them ended up on the Bulls. And what they did was they just kind of have a – they have, like, a fleet of guys, like six-foot-seven guards that can do stuff. Like, that's fascinating. And the Mavericks, they're just like, okay, you know, I like I like Reggie Bullock. I think he's going to be really interesting, um, the the Sterling Brown thing. You know, if, if he can play even a little bit. If we can work some of the rotation minutes down, I'm looking forward to what they can do playing with Luca. But it's just not the same feeling, is it? No, uh,
4: that's, that's what I'm saying. Like – We try to be happy with the signings we have, but really all this free agency we had, this mediocre. Like, if you put Luke on any team, like the Chicago lineup they have right now, or even New York, or even Atlanta, I feel like if he would have had the Atlanta team that Trey Young had last year, he could have won to the championship, you know? Couldn't agree more. You know? And another thing, like, Otto Porter Jr., he signed for a minimum deal on the Warriors. (laughs) You know? That that killed me. Like, Sterling Brown, I mean, that's fine for the contract he has, but three years, you know, thirty million for Bullock. You know, he's a shooter, but I feel like there was
1: better options out there. Mhm. Mhm. I understood. I. I mean, I, I at least think that the the Bullock thing. If if he gives you a little bit of defense, one of the things that that like I kick the shit out of KP. He's he's like my guy that I bitch about. But if the guys in front of him aren't playing any defense, then he can't play any defense. And if Bullock can even add to that, and and you know. They can not always have Dorian Finney Smith guarding the best guy. Like I think little things like that will add up, but it's just it's just not the same. And and what's worse is within a week or within two weeks, we're gonna be hearing about how, you know, let's just go on or not, we're gonna be hearing about how good of an off season this was for these guys. And, you know, I I don't feel like it's terrible, but I also I just I don't know. I, I, I leave kind of with a bleh feeling more than anything. Yeah, I hear you. Well thanks, man. You got anything else? Thank you. Of course, man. You have a good night. All right. Coming up next, we're gonna go with Dwight. How are you, Dwight? I'm good, man. How you doing? All right. I'm sorry about the other night when I just talked to myself on mute for five minutes, but thank you for coming.
5: No, you good, man. I um I know me and you are, you know, we dudes in our mid to late 30s. Can confirm. And, yeah, I apologize. Like, I feel bad to the younger, I guess, Mavs fans. Because I look back, it was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. We had just lost, uh, just had got upset in the first round as the second seed. And they had damn Pierce's expiring contract that they could turn into a whole bunch of stuff. And they promised us the world. I think Mike Fisher sold t shirts about it. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, I still tease it, him about that. Yeah, yeah. And I just rem- I sit back and I think, like, I was more disappointed that summer than this summer. And then they pulled, they paid Brendan Haywood a shit ton of money. And then they used that asset that they promised us. Now, they. It's, I'm going to say they promised this, but it was speculated that we could even get Like, that was the summer LeBron went to Miami or Joe Johnson or one of them dudes. And we ended up with Tyson Chandler, who was what? Yeah, I best think center we've ever, the best center we've ever had. Right, right. wild? Right. right. But in the moment, it was an abomination. Like, we had just paid Brendan A. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Tyson we, was injured. And then, exactly, and Tyson was supposed to, I think, get traded to Oklahoma City, but they avoided the trade. And I'm saying all that to say, I was more angry that summer than I am now. And I'm starting to realize that, that was just the confluence of events that kind of lucked into a championship, and that shit's never happening again. And I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Like I've been, I remember the first night of free agency. I was like, "Hey, y'all, y'all need to calm down and tell all these dudes and outs because." The Twitterverse was angry. The Twitterverse was ready to to burn down. a scene. I'm like, let's calm down. And I'm like, no, nah, actually, y'all should have been angry because I am too. <laughs> and I just, I just, and I just don't understand. This ain't that hard. There was just too many players that you look at the West. The West didn't. The West got worse. It would have been so easy to move up. Like the, I think the Lakers are going to be better than us, but they were better than us last year before they got hurt. Mm-hmm. But the Clippers are worse. the uh, the The Nuggets are probably going to be worse with Jamal Murray. I don't think uh, Clay Thompson, who tore Achilles in November, and Otto Porter is making is, is making any noise and. We, it's so easy for us to move up in the West and even legitimately, maybe not contend, but we could make the Western Conference Finals. And I just don't understand how they're dragging their feet. And then at this point, you know, it's been 10 years and I always go back to that summer thinking, well, all right, man, they pulled a championship out there behind them. Maybe they're going to do it again. And it's not happening. I really don't think it's going to happen. i am just, I'm, I've come to accept it finally. And I don't, and it it just sucks. Well, I don't know. I mean the
1: the the flip side of this argument is that you know Cuban does, or I'm sorry, Carlisle doesn't pull Luca when they're up 19, and they they really put their their foot on the throat of the Clippers and they advance to the second round. And you know maybe they beat the Jazz, maybe they don't. We just kind of feel differently about the team. What I will say that I kind of am concerned about, and I've been concerned about this, and for a while I blamed it, and this was, I was wrong, but for a while I blamed it on kind of the latent sort of xenophobia that exists around uh, international players and guys not wanting to play with Luca. Yeah. I'm, I'm also getting some feedback, Dwight. I'm sorry. Can you mute? Oh, yeah. I got you. Hold on. Thank you. Sorry about that. And then, but. Over the, you know, when I put together that list of like Cuban, like things Cuban had said or done over the past fifteen years, it became it was just so apparent that the reason, like the the very biggest reason that guys aren't that interested in Dallas is Mark Cuban, and you know the Mavericks have a have a hard time getting getting guys to accept their money. If he is this involved, and I fully believe at this point that Jason Kidd and Nico Harrison can work away from that reputation, but it's just not going to happen in a summer. Um, it's not going to happen in a month, and so I, I, I'm still very optimistic about you know another title in Dallas. I really, really am because you know watching what Luca's going to do you know tomorrow morning uh, against the French. Uh, you know, and watching what he's done when he's really locked in on basketball, you know, Giannis might be the physical force of nature, but Luka is the most skilled player in the game right now, outside of probably Jokic and LeBron and maybe KB. Like, there's just he's just on another level. And I think that if that, you know, we, we, everybody kind of continuously down like misunderestimates how valuable the superstar like the top tier superstar is so I just I think with Luca in it anything is possible but I do understand your frustration
5: no and I like let me let me I I guess I should rephrase it um I just man I I still let me be clear I still think we I think we're going to be top four in the west I do I, I just think Denver's gonna fall off I think uh uh, I think that uh, the clippers are obviously going to fall off even if they bring Reggie back so that's the the short term I say okay cool we you know even last year last year as angry as we got we won more games than the previous year uh, we well we had a better winning percentage I should say uh, we were a higher seed so you look at it as progress right you look at it and you say we are on the right path but it, And I I think if we are the fourth seed next year, I think we'll win roughly have the same winning percentage, give or take. And I think the fourth seed is is a realistic thing. But, man, I just say it shouldn't be this hard, right? Mm -hmm. And That's that's, that's my biggest thing. It's like, it's just little stuff. It's not even – it'd be different if, you know, Kenny – I think Kenny is on his joint. He's always pointing out, you know, some people say Mark Cuban is cheap. Right, but man, you don't give Dwight Powell 11 million dollars if you're cheap. Yeah, right. Like you, you—that's that's that's the money spent. You know, like it's there. It's 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 going to be spent one way or another. And I I just don't. Maybe they view it that they're taking the long road. I've heard internal growth is what they think that we need, and. I know we pack up KP a lot. I do think KP is going to be better. I do. I I don't think he'll be what he was, but I think he'll be better. That's one of my beliefs on why we'll be a top four seed. But, man, it's just little stuff. Like a $10 million a year uh, player would drastically change our trajectory. And the center that can be a rim protector for us, those are not that hard to find. And if you just drop those two things on, the roster we have, because I do like the moves that we've made so far. But man, if this is it, even if we get Dragic, I just don't feel good about it. I don't. Well, we shouldn't. And, and this is where some sort of accountability has to come
1: into play with Mark. And he just escapes it all the time, because let's go back to 2019. And so those of you who have followed Josh and I forever, if we go back to the free agency of 2019, they signed Chris Porzingis, for which was a done deal, signed, sealed, and delivered from the moment he was traded from the Knicks don't let anyone tell you otherwise. If anything, the Mavericks should have built in some protection for themselves with KP's uh, contract. Um, and with 20, When we look at the previous two off-seasons, right now the only things they have to show for it are the players that they've currently signed this off-season, going back three years. None of the other players are really consequential unless we consider Boban You know, I I mean, to date, the most money spent on a free agent since Luca has joined the team is going to be Reggie Bullock. And that's not like, you know, anything for or against him. It's just kind of a statement of facts. Um, They, you know, and and as as Xavier and, and Scott pointed out earlier, the only real way you can get into the luck, like get into the tax is by paying the players you have and the Mavericks never get to that point because they don't have these guys on the second contracts or they don't have the bird rights to be able to do so. Um, we as fans are kind of quite reasonably married to DFS and Maxi uh, and some of these guys, but I sort of figured at some point these guys might be, might be trade chips for different players, and the Mavericks just keep running it back. And, you know, if even like – I, I, it's kind of why I'm very dead set on on Goron coming through because if he doesn't, we're we're once again gonna have like seven of the same you know seven or eight of the same players in the rotation that 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 has been on the same team since 2019, and it's like I, on the one hand you get it because they're one they're they're one good game away from being a second round team, on the other
5: hand it's like seriously, so yeah. No, I I totally agree with you there. And and I think Luca is so good and he was, he's so good so much faster than Dirk was that it makes like these failings so much more obvious. And I do have one more thing and I'm going to go ahead and get off here. But like I've seen, I think Josh mentioned it to where like KP has kind of locked up this roster I disagree. We've had the equivalent in cap space of KP's contract two of the last three off seasons. And last summer, we spent the equivalent of draft resources on dudes who didn't play. So I don't think the resources spent on KP is what's holding this team back. I, I don't. I, I hate to say this, but based on the objective evidence of what they do with resources, KP with all his flaws is probably still better than what they would have done in free agency. Sure. That's all I got. Man. That's a good point. Thank you for that. All right, buddy, you have a good night.
1: All right. Uh, if Stein just went live, that could explain why a bunch of people bailed on my room. Um, that's fine though. I, I would, uh, I wouldn't, I'd rather hear from Stein than me too. Um, we're just talking, uh, talking shop here. All right. Coming up next is David. How you doing, David? Hi. Um, my name is David.
6: I'm newer to the room. Um, anyways, well, I've been listening, but I guess what I'm trying to say is is I'm really curious to see what happens with the Dragic trade. Um, I saw a tweet from Brad Townsend tonight saying that the Mavs can't really afford to wait on it very much longer, um, and that they it says that they also um, hold their moves off until the 11th hour, whatever that means. I don't know if that's 11th hour uh, central Probably or not, not. but i um, curious to see where that goes.
1: Yeah, the steering contest is kind of weird. I would like the wrath from the internet, which the internet gets mad at everything, but the wrath from the Mavericks not doing this after all this is gonna be ugly. Um, I heard from somebody say today that like what if like the Pelicans or the Kings did something with like teams that sort of need to like make deals in some way, shape or form? I don't know. Um, it's it's just it's it's a weird deal overall. And it, it comes back to kind of what we talked about at the beginning of the show of of I'm curious as to what the hard and fast kind of this is what we're not doing line is from the Mavericks, because you know, we all kind of have our personal things where it's like, you know, there are fans out there where if they trade Tyrell Terry, who's played like all of 25 minutes with the Mavericks, like they'll they'll start a jihad against against Cuban. But I just I don't know. I as long as the salaries work, I'm kinda of, eh. Um, I, I, I 100% understand the fans are like, well, we need to see some of these younger guys play, you know, um, Carlisle was hard on them, et cetera. I, I agree, but I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm, if those guys aren't necessarily in the rotation next year, like, like getting to the second round has to be the goal, um, for this team, they need to show some forward progress, you know? Yeah,
6: I completely agree. And I think one of the things, actually, I don't want to steal this because this is actually Nick's analysis, Nick Angstead. I know he's in the – Sure, he's sure, sure. No, he's,
1: he's, if he's listening, he'll, he'll
6: yeah. appreciate somebody's so. name. <laughs> one of the things he always says is you have to pay more to get the – well, I know it's not a free agent, but you have to pay more to get people in Dallas. And I think, you know, for those who are against the $19 million salary, it kind of makes sense that we have to pay a little more to get him. And we might have to give up a little more in a trade to get him here to Dallas because that might be what happens. And another thing to consider, too, is I feel like um, you have to look at who the two general managers are, in this instance. You have Masai over in Toronto, and then you have Nico here. And both are going to want to play a heavy game of hardball. And, you know, Masai drives a really hard bargain. I've seen the way he trades before, and 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 it's I'm not surprised it's going the way it is, to be honest. Sure, sure.
1: I mean, the they're smart GMs. I mean, I I I think where where I you know my our staff at Mavs Moneyball is is, is kind of can enunciate this point better. But for years, going back really you know to the post twenty eleven, because if you're building towards a title like the Mavericks, where I understand why they didn't value the draft, but. The post-2011 Mavericks had very little interest in in the draft. They also didn't have a lot of picks because of things that were kind of owed in the future. But at some point, they really should have pivoted to the draft, and Cuban didn't want to. And when you limit that, like, you know, between trades, free agency, and draft, if you're going to cut off one leg of the tripod of kind of team building, it puts enormous pressure on the other two and the Mavericks were not particularly good at free agency, just did Cuban's own mistakes. Like they're, they're all documented. Um, You know, some of them worked out for the best for the Mavericks in some instances, and some of them, you know, it, it is what it is, but I think if I were to go back in time and and really moving forward with this particular group of, of front office people, I hope they can, they can talk with Mark about the importance of drafting and developing younger players, because having some of these guys as potential future assets is pretty important. I feel, and you know, it's, it's, it's how we, so far, everything is just like, it's either scrap heap guys that you're paying $2 million a year to, or guys that you're paying, you know, 18 to 25 million a year too, And it's just that's that's a tough way to build a roster. Uh, I think, I mean, it, it you know, I, 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 as I've under the parts that I do understand about the CBA, it's just, you know, the Mavericks haven't, you, you got to have these guys in order to pay them more money to like, get up to that tax line. And they just don't ever like, they haven't had them. Um, and, and, you know, Scott kind of, Scott put something in the chat earlier about like, Hey, you know, these are the guys we have coming up. This is the things we can do. And it's like, you know, do any of us feel that some of these players are worth paying that much money to? And I don't know. I mean, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, for sure. The last point I want to leave with
6: is, you know, going along with what you're saying about that, and I'm not the best capologist person by any means, but I understand that we have this traded players exception and then we have this um, other uh uh, well, we have the MLE obviously available if we if we go up or the cap. Um, but uh, I I'm trying to say is that I see people trying to argue that we should be getting both someone like Laurier Markkinen and Dragich, but I don't think it's realistic to get two people. I think the Mavs are trying to angle themselves to make this one last move, figuring out whoever it's going to be. Um, you know, using whatever, however they decide to divide the cap down, and I don't want to speak to that because I don't have enough information on it to do it. But I just think it's going to be one move and not, not Drogic and someone.
1: I think that's. I mean, the 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 chat can correct us if we're wrong. But if the MLE is taken by Bullock, that's that's kind of the deal like it it's gonna be tragic or drag drag it uh, whatever goron or 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 nothing
0: <laughs> it, yeah, kind of the yeah. Thing.
1: so i don't know yeah we'll uh we'll figure we'll see shortly but uh thank you for joining david yeah, i appreciate thank you you, yeah i mm-hmm. appreciate it thank you bye bye all right um the traded players exception Maybe those have been used more recently, but I, I feel like in years past those things have kind of come and gone and, and I I I kinda am worried about the over reliance of saying, okay, we can take a you know, an under ten million dollar person into this uh slot, but the, and and I would love the chat for to correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the situation has to be very specific for that to happen. You have to have like the right player, the right team at the right time, and that's that's kind of difficult to do. Um, All right, man, we still got a lot of people that want to come chat. Um, I'm going to bring on Aaron. How you doing, Aaron? Hey, what's up, Kirk? Just enjoying tonight. Uh, Mark apparently, Mark Stein has a room, which is why every
7: (laughs) I don't blame you. No offense. Yeah, well, uh, I just wanted to get into the whole Cuban being cheap thing because, you know, I've got a, a group chat going with a bunch of Mavs buddies of mine. And for years and years and years, and even in the past weeks, I was the one defending saying Cuban's not cheap. No, one just wanted to take our money. However, as you all know, now after this year, when Luka signs his big thing next year, this cap room's gone. So like you're saying – we have to acquire assets that, whether you like them or not, you think it might be a bad contract or not, say, a three-for-60 guy, whether it be Dimwitty or whoever, which we could have gone that route in the cap space route and got him and Tha. It's very doable. Look it up. Uh, They just have not been willing to commit to anyone that's not a megastar for more than, like, $10 million a year since we got Luca. Like, the Bob Donaviches, both of them for the last two years, you know? You talked about it a bit earlier, but I think he is cheap.
1: I mean, this is difficult for me because I want to be precise in terminology, and I think that matters when we have this discussion because the way the collective bargaining agreement is structured, um, and just random side note, two and a half, two summers ago I had dinner with Larry Kuhn not with him. I was at a table with like nine people and him. And like, that was particularly intimidating because I mean, the dude wrote the CBA analysis. There's probably like 10 dudes in the chat that would love to ask him, ask him stuff because he he's, you know, the CBA FAQ is one of the most important documents on the internet. Um, I don't know. It feels as if that cheap is for a lot of people, and I said this earlier, it's worth saying again, cheap is kind of a holder term for for like the catch-all for him pissing us off for a variety of things. And I do think that your assessment there of the Mavericks don't want to sign anyone unless it's a mega star is probably accurate. But I think that a lot of the cat people would tell you that, even, like, like a bad contract is still a bad contract, regardless of what you, um, regardless of, of, of you know, sort of, like, cap situation. I think that, that where the Mavericks needed to get was to this point now where they have far fewer excuses moving forward. Uh, the 2023 draft pick going to the Knicks, um, and there's a whole bunch of second-rounders that are probably outstanding, but the first-rounder pick is is the only outstanding asset that the Mavericks owe moving forward. And so they have a lot more flexibility. And for a while now, they've been able to point to that and say, we can't do very much. And now, you know, between that and, and uh, you know, the other, the, now the other option that they have is to say, well, we just don't have any cash space, but, you know, at a certain point, Luca will hold their feet to the fire. And I think where I get particularly frustrated is how it's discussed within the local media. Because I, I mean, I saw somebody tell me today online, like, Luca's going to sign for five years. He's going to be here for five years. I'm like, that is absolutely not what's going to happen. Luca's, in my opinion, going to sign a three plus one where he has the ability to get out, and if there's a new TV deal, make even more money. Um, but the point is, even with the way superstars go, once superstars decide that they don't want to be in a place, it gets very weird. And we don't want – like, can we just not get to that weird spot? Can we just build him a good
7: team? And that's what I'm saying. Like, this cap space is gone for this year. We all know this. We got Luka making 45, KP making 35. This was – you know, we've had a three-year window to get something done, and they completely whiffed on it all. Even if you say two, three years ago – Signed a three for sixty Bogdanovich type, you can flip those deals because, like you said, to get to that tax number, you need those players that make that money. So he's literally being cheap, is my opinion.
1: And I'm gonna hang up and listen. Yeah, I mean the the chat is reporting that Mark Stein said the Mavs are hoping, they are still hoping to get Mavs uh, Dragic in free agency. They just don't want to pay the 19 million via trade. Toronto has until Friday to find a third team. I'm just like I I. Uh...
7: One thing on that, Drogic is a one-year deal, so it only gives you money for this year. It doesn't help you going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'm frustrated by all this because it's it's a discussion of things where it's just like when I read the Mavericks don't want to pay, I free, like I, it, it makes me lose my mind. All right, Aaron. You got anything else?
7: They don't want to pay the right people is what I'm saying. Just pay talent. All right.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, you have a good night. Thanks, buddy. All right, coming up next, sir. I do not want to butcher your name. How you doing? Hey, can you hear me? I can. Well, how do you? How do we say your name? Because I don't want to kill. It. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> it's Ali Raj, but
8: you can Ollie just say Ali. Ollie. Ali. All right, Ali. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thanks for coming. Up. I'm doing good, thank you. How are oh, you? I'm all right, and I'm the Stein thing is making me sick.
8: Yeah. Um. I don't know. I think. I think Mark Stan's probably going to talk about a bunch of other stuff instead because, I mean, there's nothing really going on with us anyways no. besides Drogic, you know? Um, but, yeah, what I wanted to say is I think you mentioned a little bit of it earlier, but I'm confused as to why, like, Luka doesn't have any pull, right? Like, for example, this might be super far-fetched, but we saw how Russell Westbrook went to the Lakers to play with Re- LeBron and all of those reports of them wanting to put their egos aside and et cetera. So I really don't understand what's stopping players to play with Luka. And I get that it might be a problem with the Mavs front office and like Mark Cuban and stuff. But at that point, do we just like give up hope? Because as much as I think um, Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown are decent additions, I don't know how it's going to make us a championship contender. And that also feels like a temporary solution. You know, I think they're just going in signing someone... Decent in the hopes that they end up being good on the Mavericks and then only seeing it go through rather than bringing in someone like Rishon Holmes miles Turner you know who we can see staying on the team long term
1: sure I'm just unclear what the Mavericks are waiting for in terms of making the big pitch because you know Cuban has has gone he you know one of the one of the fun things about being Mark Cuban, is that he speaks so much that you can kind of find a position for him on any player? Up like, like right after the season ended, he spoke to some like Rotary Club or something that had something where he's like, "KP is who he is," and you know, it was really weird comments about Tim. Then they resigned him, and then at the press conference with Jason Kidd, the introductory one, they talked about how important KP is, and it's just. I don't know. I don't really understand where the Mavericks are with these sorts of things, and and you know the the chat's talking about how Luka needs to stand up and exert some pressure. Um, you know, partially because he's at the Olympics, going for the gold, which for him, I mean, he's and I believe I feel like he has said that winning the gold medal for Slovenia would be more important to him than an NBA championship, and you know, at the moment, this sort of thing is just not that important to him. I also question. How much you know? We all believe he needs to have the ball taken out of his hands for the Mavericks to win a championship. There's still a, the very important aspect of what does Luca want? Uh, you know, they were this close to being a second round team if some of his teammates would have hit shots. So part of me wonders if he's fine with having a 45% usage rate if if they can get to the second round. I, I and again, I'm just completely spitballing, but at a certain point, you know, he he will exert leverage. It. I just sort of wish it was. Before, it was when the Mavericks had a little more flexibility, which is now. Um, you know, there's there's a there's this interesting contingent of Slovenian fans who love to tell me that Luca may not sign the two hundred million dollar deal. To which I say to you, sure, uh, because he still has all the power in this, even if he if he signs a two hundred million dollar deal. Like at some point. If things go the way that it, you know, the, like when we're all kind of grumpy, it will become very clear that Mark Cuban will realize that the team has made mistakes. To date, I just don't know if they believe that because right now they're they're looking, it, it feels like they're looking at this, if we're this close to the second round, why do we need to make changes? I mean, and you know, those of us who, who watch all the games and rewatch the games and watch them for the third time, saw Jalen Brunson, not score any points, saw Maxi Kleba shoot one for nine from three in games four, five, six, and seven. Uh, You know, we saw all this garbage and it's just frustrating. And the, the Mavericks are so close.
8: Yeah. That that's the worst part, right? Like I what you said about like the front office thinking that we're so close to the second round so why make any change the team isn't close to the second round it's just Luca right <laughs> whenever Luca has an off game we lose every time right and that's why Luca's like first round playoff average is like 35 or 36 points It's so funny.
1: It's the funniest thing in basketball reference because it's 13 games against the Clippers. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So it really frustrates me there.
8: And I don't understand how they don't realize they're doing something wrong because I haven't been watching basketball for too long. It's been about three, four years now. But honestly, isn't like picking up Sterling Brown and Reggie Bullock been our like best free
1: agency in the last five, six, seven years and that's only because we don't have any results for, for Bullock and for Brown. I mean, last draft, if you go back and look at Mad's Moneyball coverage, we're like so excited that they did some stuff. And we all bought in immediately to the fact that they traded Seth for Jason Richardson because, you know, this is supposed to be fun. And granted, I, I am having fun. Don't, don't get me wrong. But mm-hmm. it's just kind of everybody's nature to say, oh, you know what? Okay, we trust that they did the right thing. And – I don't know. I've just felt like like Tim Cato's article shattered a lot of illusions that I had about the Mavericks. And it's funny because I have been literally covering this team for a decade. You'd think I wouldn't be so Dalton y with all this. Love you, Dalton. Um <laughs> with, with with how positive, you know, it's like I'm such a grump, and at the same time I have bought into so much of the bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's crazy.
8: Yeah, I was like When I so the reason I became a Dallas fan is because I was born in Dallas, right? But I lived internationally all my life, and so I started learning about the franchise, our old players, and I saw that Mark Cuban was the owner. You know, I was like, "This is a good team." You know, we have a front office, we have a smart guy, something. And as the years just went by, nothing makes sense. It just it feels like such a closed organization right it's almost as if they don't want to be successful right we've had well they want to be successful on their own terms yeah that's exactly why i like i think they're so closed off they're like they they put something to their mind and if it doesn't work that's it like what about an alternate you know you're not gonna win everything especially with the fact that the only good player we have on our team is luca right sure KP finally gets a fully healthy offseason, and I really hope that he comes back strong because I loved him even on the Knicks, right? When we traded for him, I was so happy, you know? But really to justify that trade at this point, the, the main guy is Tim Hardaway. That's what we got out of the trade, you know? And so it's just, I don't know. I feel like so much could be done, but it's just so frustrating.
1: Well... And the hope has to be that Luca does the same thing Dirk did, which was overpower the narrative. And, you know, I think in the in the 2010s, the things the Maverick, or I'm sorry, in the 2000s, the things the Mavericks did to build a team around Dirk were really creative and cool. You know, the it's so wild looking back at the different in different iterations of that team. But then, following twenty eleven, Dirk really helped keep the team relevant for a very long time. And even Dirk was, you know, Dirk was responsible for the Rajon Rondo trade. Not, you know, Rick Carlisle didn't want him, and you know, Dirk sort of blew up, kind of the best. Put, you know, that's Dirk's fault. That team was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but you know, we we really have to hope that Luca overcomes some of this institutional. And this happens in every institution in the world where they start to buy their own hype about what is like what are the reasons for their own success. And at this point, you know, uh, like they lucked into to 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 Luca. It it just like definitely you need to have luck. And I don't want to like crap on them for that, but you know, it took the two combating forces of of of. you know, her about Volgaris and, and um, Donnie Nelson to convince Cuban to go get Luca. And it's just, at some point I I wonder, I wonder if, if, and, you know, maybe this free aid, this new front office will do something different. Cause really they only had a month, which is why I don't really hold them yeah. accountable. Like no, I, I like I'm, the
8: science, yeah. you know? I, yeah, exactly. I'm like happy with the fact that we did get someone, right? Bullock and Brown, I'm not going to say they're exceptional, right? But they're good additions to the team, without a doubt. You know, we definitely needed it, right? But it's also about letting go of people, right? I love Boban. I don't see a reason why we need to re-sign him, right? Dwight Powell's contract is just excruciating pain in numbers, Mm -hmm. right? And then okay, Willie Colley-Stein isn't too expensive, but he hasn't really provided us with anything, and I don't think he's been injured for a while, right? I mean, yeah, he had COVID, but other than that, and honestly, I never really liked the Seth and Josh Richardson trade. I just kept my hopes out because Josh Richardson was said to be a better addition on defense, which is what we needed, but... I don't know. It, I just feels like at least now we're making moves, and I'm just hoping that maybe in the future, you know, we use someone like Bullock and Powell and maybe W uh, WCS to like encourage a trade for someone big, you know.
1: And speaking, I, yeah. I need to. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I need to correct you on something. Yeah, a Twitter. A Twitter follower pointed out, and, and he's a Spanish guy. He he replied to a tweet that his his name is Guillermo Collystein mm-hmm. and and that is what I'm calling him from now on is Guillermo <laughs> Colley-Stein because it sounds DCS. All right, <laughs> Guillermo.
8: But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I really do like Nico Harrison, definitely, right? And as much as I wanted Jamal Mosley to be our coach, I think Jason Kidd might let kp be who he actually is like play him at center instead of power forward
1: i mean kp wants to play power forward that's the... really cuz yes. cuz if he's center he gets he gets exposed and look man i i kp and and, and Powell, i'm sorry kp and luca work so well but kp doesn't like his role in that relationship that much is obvious but yeah. it works it works so well Yeah, no, it definitely does. He's like, like, like Porzingis and like, I'm just, I've had some drinks as we've been talking, guys. (laughs) Um, KP is, is a, is a style points all-star. And at some point he's going to realize that winning is more important than looking good. And, you know, I don't – you know, the Clippers were a bad matchup for him. But if he comes back even kind of like he was, like the bubble, somewhere in between the bubble and how rough he was in the season, the Mavericks are going to kill people. Because Tim Hardaway, I think, will be in the starting lineup again. And the Mavericks are just going to score like 135 points a game. Like, they're going to be a lot Mm -hmm. of fun to watch this year.
8: Oh, 100%. And that's exactly it. Like, we saw – what KP did in the bubble, right? And he did that on the Mavericks, sure. right? It's just a shame that he got injured uh, with that meniscus tear or whatever it was, you know? And like you said, KP is an all-star. Like, he can be that level, right? And KP also was one of those prospects that could have been like the coming of the big men in the NBA, right? Like We look at Joel Embiid, we look at Jokic, look at Karl-Anthony Towns. KP could have also been up there, you know? But... I don't know, I think we just have bad luck, man. I just think we have bad luck.
1: Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to be the the real the silly thing about this this whole discussion is that like a team with a healthy Luca has a floor of five hundred basketball. Like he's just gonna wield them <laughs> to stuff. I mean they were they were nine I'm sorry, they were either eight and fourteen or nine or fourteen. I don't remember what it was because I remember um, the coach – I remember one of the coaches at Orange Theory making fun of me for being like, your team sucks, and then I <laughs> just went on like a bananas run. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, you know, when you have that as kind of your baseline, what we really want is for them to do more. But the baseline for even this team or even a team where, where Porzingis plays like, you know, 50 games, they're still going to win a ton. It's, it's – yeah. you know, we're not going to have like a 27-win team or anything like that. It's just – you just want them to win a championship. You want to build on something and and, yeah. and that word is not there, you know? Yeah. yeah, I definitely think
8: like I think we'll be a top five seed at the bare minimum this season. I just I need to see it through in the playoffs. That's that's what it sure. mainly is, right? Even when we were seventh seed uh two seasons ago when the bubble happened and KP was on fire, Trey Burke was on fire, Luca also was on fire. I was so confident that we would win Um, that series you know I think we had a better chance that series than we did this series like this season's this year's series but then KP got hurt you
1: know so so much of so much of winning a title is luck I I, we just that just needs to be said out loud like if you think back to the 2011 title and if you were a younger man then that's okay if you don't remember but when Kron Butler went down and then Dirk went down it felt like the world was over and then, to this to to this day, I hold the extremely spicy take that if Korron Butler had not gotten hurt, I don't know if the Mavericks would have won the championship because that dude thought he was on Dirk's level the previous year in the playoffs, he shot so many more times than Dirk because he thought he was the guy right uh, and 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 when the team fell in line, and really there was like a over the last 15 games of the 2019 – I'm sorry, of the 2010-2011 season, Bob Strom writes about this in his book, This Year Will Be Different. Somebody on the analytics staff finally got through to Carlisle that they needed to stop taking 15-foot short corner jumpers and start taking threes. <laughs> and then they started taking threes, and then they shot like a whopping 24 threes a game in the playoffs, and then just, just they just murdered teams. Um, and, and you just need luck for things like this to break at the right time. And, you know, if, if, the, if the Mavs keep, you know, taking bites at the apple where they get to the playoffs, all we can really do is hope that they come across the right matchup at the right time and that Luca wins out.
8: Yeah, yeah, I that's fair. Um, yeah, I'm going to end it by just saying I really do hope Luca does win the gold because I feel like if he does, like if he loses, I think that's just going to be on his conscience for a long time and he's going to want to set his priorities to winning that gold medal the next Olympics or something. Love you know, that. So I, yeah, so I hope he wins now and, like, just focuses on an NBA championship as his next goal. But, yeah, thank you,
1: Kirk. Sure thing, buddy. Hang, thanks for hanging out. Hope you come back. Yes, sir. All right, coming up next. Man, we've been going for an hour. It's amazing when you how much fun you have when you're talking to friends. Um, I saw Brandon. He must have gotten kicked from the room. Brandon, what's hey, up, buddy?
9: Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? Yes, what's going on? Oh, I'm I'm pissed right now after the uh Mark Stein report. I mean I, I guess I guess they mentioned it before, but I was actually planning to come in and talk about how I was somewhat optimistic that the Drogic deal would just get done because we have literally six centers on our roster. There are two of them that fit perfectly to go up there who are probably the two worst ones depending on yeah it it can't be
1: it's got to be more than that though like this this can't be being held up on two centers this has got to be held up on the fact that they want a younger player they don't see that's my thing
9: is that i figured the willy collie stein powell trade wouldn't get it done from toronto's side i don't want to hear how we aren't willing to give up two shitty centers in Dwight Powell, and I mean, what's this nonsense about not wanting to pay Drozic nineteen million? We're paying twenty-two million over two years for Powell, who is, I mean, I love the guy, love the effort. Shouldn't be paid a dime over five million dollars. It's,
1: it's got to be in relation to the cap, and it just reads differently because it's like I'm not thinking about this in cap terms. I'm thinking about this in dollar terms, and like when I read it, I get as infuriated as you are. But it's it's still. It's got to be talking about that where it's like, oh, we we have to, I don't know, I could be wrong. I'm I'm trying to play devil's advocate here because I get being pissed. I mean, I woke up yesterday morning, wrote an article about how I felt like the Mavericks were in a pretty good place in free agency and I was happy with them. And then at like 2.30, whenever... Uh, is talk, Franco, you know, reported about, you know, he was watching TV at home and saw, you know, Goran go on television and talk about how he would be fine playing with the Mavericks. And then I was like, ah, oh, God, can't we just do the thing? You know, <laughs> like, like, can't we just go get the, I know it's not that easy, but part of me is also like, you know, if they don't do the Goran thing, are we going to look at this in three years and go, this was another key inflection point where the Mavericks. Well, that's, I mean especially with Goran cuz that would be the second cuz
9: I mean you've talked about it at length Luca obviously has a lot of respect for the guy I mean I think almost the non strictly on court stuff is almost as important and that would be the second time in what 3 years that we had him almost delivered to us on a silver platter and we said no I mean what what does Luca think about that and then uh, on top of that it's just the same exact process we want to try and outsmart every other team nickel and dime every free agent and i th- i can't remember who it was somebody talked about earlier we're not new york we're not la like we'll have to pay a little extra like just accept that we're not one of these markets like if we had had the approach of say a memphis just as an organization like understand who we are Like, we need to actually make smart trades, smart draft picks, actually give a damn about the draft for once, not just burn through five assets or second-round picks just to get DeLon Wright, get off of DeLon Wright, get J.J. Redick who you could have signed instead of DeLon Wright. Sure,
1: sure. Well, I, I... Sorry, I I get it on. I get it I understand why you're mad I mean I was trying not to be salty earlier but it was you know 20 minutes into the pod but when friend of the show Nick Angstad joins and is like I see Kirk talking about 2019 again and you know do you, are you ever going to stop about that and the answer is fucking no because I was right then and I'm right now like they fucked up and they won't admit that they fucked up and there it's just constant we were why we were right you need to eat your vegetables and understand why we're in charge and you're not and. I'm sorry, like Luca is the point. Luca is the hard part. That they keep messing up the extra stuff is what is driving all of us crazy.
9: Exactly.
1: I mean, I, I
9: feel so my, my thing with this off season so far, I'm not going to lie. I, I I think it's decent so far. Like we could be the Lakers, the Knicks, the freaking Pelicans or, or Chicago, which is an absolute dumpster but like I think Xavier said this, but uh like take the
1: under on whatever their win total is. They That's weird. They're so I, weird. Like they're just you weird.
9: St- <laughs> you started a like a Twitter war over Caruso and DeRozan and they drastically overpaid for both, which I find hilarious. Um but like we we could be one of those teams that I feel like got worse. I feel like we got a little bit better around the margins. We got more shooters for Luca. We got guys who at least theoretically are better defenders,
1: maybe a better team. You know what else we got? Team. What else we got is that we don't have COVID next year, and we don't have four games and seven nights on repeat. Like, right. that's, that's going to matter.
9: Right, that's going to matter for KP, and I wasn't initially on the Drogic train, but after listening to you a little bit, again with the kind of off-court stuff uh, with him and Luca, but looking at his stats, so I I wasn't on the train because I thought he kind of started to fall off a cliff a little bit last year, but I looked at his stats and he would have been the fourth leading scorer and the second best playmaker by a mile in terms of assists. And I mean, that's a down year for him and consider that in the bubble, he had that injury in the finals. They had like 70 days from the end of the finals to the start of the regular season like you said, there's five games and seven nights. Like there's every reason to believe that he he'll actually bounce back, kind of similar to KP. So I'm, I, I mean, especially since there's no better options at this point, except maybe Reggie Jackson, which we can't we can't get anyways because all we have is the TPE, and like you know, they're not going to take Powell or anything. So I, I'm on board for Drogic. I'm getting really pissed that it looks like we may not actually make any more moves and we're just content to let Luca play 45 minutes in a playoff game, you know, score 40, 50 points with 20 assists and us lose by 10.
1: I don't know. I I suppose I probably wouldn't feel this way if I like, it's so weird because Tim, you know, former Mavs Moneyball editor in chief and current athletic writer wrote that he wrote that 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 Dwight Powell thing, which we're all latched onto me specifically, and then later was like, "Well, that's not really how it is." And I'm like, "Well, why did you write it?" And I'm not getting an answer from him for that. I, I, and and you know, maybe it was like true at the time. It like it was the thing that he heard at the time, but it's still very odd. But thank you, Brandon. You got anything else?
9: No, thank you for the. I, I feel I feel better now, but I I'm just hoping that when I wake up at 6 in the morning to watch Slovenia play, I also have news that uh, we've done something that's positive. Damn.
1: Yeah, I got. I don't know how I'm going to watch that game because I don't have, like, cable set up in my house yet, and I, like, all of the wonderful people that send me illegal streams that send me to sites where it's like, download this, click here, do this. And I'm like, I can't do this. I'm, I'm 37 years old. You're, you're trying to get my computer aids. <laughs> I can't have it. You, you scary children with your with your technologies. All right, man, you have a good night.
5: You too, thank you.
1: All right, let's keep hanging out. Uh, Xavier, you said you wanted to make a case for the off-season, and since you did
3: an explainer earlier... All right, so, no, well, as far as the off-season... I share everyone else's anger. Watching Dan Witte sound with the Wizards absolutely killed me. So I am completely upset with how we handled the offseason. But as far as the case for next season, here's the thing, right? The Clippers were the absolute worst team for KP to play against, and they were the absolute worst team for the team to play against. And so because we just happened to play them the last two years, I think that kind of, you know, that changes the way we view the team. I think there's a non-zero chance that if Kawhi doesn't go nuclear in Game 6, we probably make the Western Conference Finals. And if that happens, I don't think we have the same mentality about the team that we have now. Look, we got Luka. We're good enough to make the Western Conference Finals. Now, there's a ceiling to the team we currently have, right? We need breaks in order to get to the Western Conference Finals. But we have those breaks. The Clippers lost Kawhi. The Lakers are going to underachieve this year, and there isn't really a big, bad boogeyman that we should be scared of in the Western Conference. So with a little bit of luck, we can get there next season. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like Bullock can help. So even with our limited ceiling, that ceiling with Luka is still good enough to make the Western Conference finals. So that's the hope that I'm holding out on for next season. I feel like getting a true secondary playmaker Raises that ceiling, and then we don't need as many breaks to make the Western Conference Finals. But we will still need some because we don't have a second, a second star. But if KP can protect the rim a little bit, I'm telling you guys, without the Clippers there to to stop us, I really do feel confident we can make the Western Conference Finals. Because I like our chances against anybody: the Jazz, the Suns. Honestly, like they're all beatable, they're all flawed. And the Bucks winning the championship actually gave me hope because look. We all know they were terribly coached, and that team made a ton of mistakes. The Bucs had no reason to be in the finals. Neither did the Suns. The Suns were supposed to lose to the Lakers in round one, and they got lucky that AD got hurt. So both of those teams have things break their way, and they ended up there. And now we look at their season and their roster and their front offices, like, oh, my God, they did such an amazing job, when in reality we know that both of those teams were extremely flawed, like us. And so we've got we've got as good a chance as any next season to make the same time.
1: I love the take. And you said breaks like four times, which reminds me, everyone who is, like, not old, I recommend going and, and finding a copy of David Halberstam's Breaks in the Game, one of the best basketball books ever written about the – the I can't remember which year, but the Portland Trailblazers and it – it just, it talks about all this stuff, and it's beautifully written, and people don't write like this anymore. Uh, may David Halberstam rest in peace. You got anything else, X? Nope, that's all. Thanks, You're sir. you man. hmm Everybody go follow Xavier on Twitter, because it makes him anxious. I'm just kidding, X. All right, uh, Sean, you've been waiting forever. How you doing?
10: I'm doing all right. You know, a little frustrated, but I like what they they've done so far, but. It's the same thing. They need to do more. And when I came on a couple days ago, like, that was kind of what they'd done, except not as much. Like, they need two or three of these, you know, four, five, and six best players on the roster, and they've signed one. But my real frustration is more of, like, this offseason shouldn't matter. Like, Bullock should just kind of be another piece, and we should already have kind of Like there's a timeline where we already have Drogic, we have Seth Curry still, we don't balk at a third year for Jay Crowder, and we're now
1: adding Drogic. I feel pretty good about that team. Okay, I like it. I'm. We need some positivity because I think we're all. I think we're all a bit grumpy about the process. But I mean, you're.
10: Well, that that could have happened, but they, you know. They decided to overcompensate after <laughs> overcompensate last year and trade away Seth Curry and balk it a third year and it it's the thing that's frustrating a little bit because they haven't you know Dragic is going to be it and I wonder how much he's going to be able to play this year.
1: I put it at like forty five to fifty games. Like you 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 assume you assume kind of uh, – I can't even think of a comparison point, but just low expectations with more, you know, things that we're not seeing occurring.
10: Yeah. And, like, that's – if you can get them healthy to the playoffs, that's great. But that's that's not a guarantee. And I was listening to – and they're – they keep – using health because you know we fans use kp you know this is the first time he's been healthy as kind of a hope thing like maybe he'll get better that's not something the franchise should be using as a (laughs) like we're going to be better because he's going to be healthy like we're talking about like luck and stuff Mm -hmm. one there's no guarantee that he makes it through the season healthy
1: I mean, it's it's extremely unlikely he makes it through the season healthy. He's done it once.
10: Right. And, you know, there's no reason to believe that he'll be even close to the same player that he was. Sure. So when, you know, Tim McMahon and Zach Lowe and all these guys are saying, well, KP's the key. It's like, the reality is he's not the key anymore because he we haven't seen it. We don't know if he's going to be that guy. So when you don't sign people around them and you're still like, well, no, KP going to be good when you just don't know. And and you think that Josh green, who's only, he's going to get less than two months to actually train for this upcoming season. And Tyrell Terry, who wasn't around for 75%. Yep. Like to think that basically using growth and health as assets or as you know new new players that's it's just mismanagement and i have to wonder if they can actually evaluate themselves at all
1: i mean that's where this becomes so challenging because mark cuban views himself as the general manager this is jerry jones part 2 all of these other people serve to fill the roles and I'm sorry, I just dumped some ice in my sink. Fill those, you know, kinda kinda answer some of his questions. And instead of being, you know, and, and Mass fans just kind of accept this. Instead of being the guy who the general manager like Neil O'Shea does up in Portland, they take the decision to ownership, hey, I want to do this. Give me the yes or no. Cuban is kind of involved at every level of the decision-making structure. And that in itself becomes a problem because he, despite being a successful businessman, despite lucking into broadcast.com, this is not what he was trained to do. And, you know, I am not a journalist because I have been doing journalism-y things for seven or eight years now. I am still a fan blogger with a platform. That's just, it's just not the same thing and it never will be. And this cosplay crap is starting to drive me nuts. And the only way for it to stop is for him to, for it to occur to him that he's not very good at it. And, you know, hopefully he'll figure that out before it's too late.
10: I mean, he has to, otherwise Luke is gone. And kind of, so one thing that occurred to me while listening to this was thinking back to his comment about, I don't trust people, so until I do, I'm going to be over their shoulder hmm. They're you know, it's a part of this cheap conversation, but I'm not calling him cheap. I'm just saying he may not want to pay these guys because he doesn't trust them, which is in, an insane thought. But
1: yeah, well, I mean, if they if they fuck up this tragic thing and, and I don't see any reason that they will. I also don't see any reason that they won't. But if they fuck up this tragic thing, then he's going to have to explain to them why they weren't interested in getting why he's gonna have to explain to Luca why they weren't interested in getting his kind of de facto mentor? Good luck with that, guys.
10: Yeah, I, I honestly don't know if they even want him. Like they've, you know, we've me- it's been mentioned before, but this is the second time, and you're just kind of, yeah, you're kind of balking at it. Like Luca obviously wants him because it's you know yes Luca's guy, but I kind of wonder if. Mark Cuban is, well, I'm the smartest one in the room. I'm not really gonna try because I don't really want him. But if we get him, that's nice. But again, I don't think he's gonna be good for us.
6: For sure. It's,
10: it's his kind of thinking and if he's smartest man in the is Luca uh,
1: This is yeah. not gonna go well. Oh It's he- not gonna go well. You know?
10: Oh you know? It's, it's just one of those things like he, he's gonna have to come down to earth eventually and it's either going to be right before luca storms out or it's going to be after and there's going to be a you know angry mob at his front
1: door for sure well thank you sean appreciate you as always no thank you all right talk to you later okay wow we're almost in an hour and a half we'll see if anybody done we'll see if this actually records and then i'll, I'll upload it steven you've been waiting forever how you doing my
11: Hey, thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, I think... Uh, God, lost my train of thought. I know we've all been dunking on Cuban, but I love that shit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I just... Uh, I You know, I do hope the Drogic thing does come true. I mean, I, I would literally just be a broken record just explaining all the same sentiments that everyone else has, but... I just can't. I don't know what pieces they would have to deal with, but I just, I just fall, I just falling in love with the idea of just like all the intangibles Georgia can bring, not just like with everything related to Luca, but I just can't imagine like how much help he would be for Brunson and Tyrell Terry, assuming sure. like they aren't parted in that deal if that were to actually happen. But uh, Kirk, I want to give you this analogy. Tell me if how on point it is. Cuban kind of reminds me of Palpatine because they both had a, trans, a transcendent all-star with Luca and Vader. And why did the Empire low-key fall apart? Because Palpatine got was a cheap-ass and didn't want to keep on paying for the clones, actual shooters, and he relied on actual, I, I don't know, human recruits to be the Stormtroopers, and they couldn't shoot for shit. And he also spent money on just other stupid shit. Like, why do you need a giant moon to shoot other planets? Just run shit and pay in what you know works. And I just hope it doesn't have the same ending where eventually his all star turned on him. You know, (laughs) Uh,
1: I I just, I got, I got a DM from a longtime follower, Leo, who just said, this is an A plus analogy and, and I'm I'm going (laughs) to go with it too. Big, big, big fan, big fan. Uh, Thank you, Stephen. You got anything else?
11: No, that was just it. I mean, I would literally just be spitting the same stuff that everyone else has been saying. So, I was like, this is the only way I can uh, freshen things up a little bit, and that's it. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> Brandon, th- th- Brandon, Brandon just said in the chat, please let Luca throw Mark overboard. <laughs> right, oh, God, well, yes. <laughs> But somehow, Palpatine survived. Um, Alright, we'll talk to you later. Thank you, Steven. Alright, thanks. Mm-hmm. Okay, Simon, what's happening? Hit that unmute button. All right, you got me. I do.
6: Thanks, Thanks for tomorrow. waiting forever. No, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, I guess uh, I, I've got a few things that just I don't really understand about why this deal might not be going through. Like, has Luca not like? Made the 19 million back just in, like, I don't know, jersey sales, season ticket holder seats. Like, can you not pay the money for getting his mentor and to help out the rest of the team? Um, and also, I, I just, I, I'm really frustrated with like them getting rid of Tyler Bay. Um, I just, would he not have been like an asset to hold on to? Um, for a trade piece or can he not trade two way contracts?
1: I think I'm still a little bit new to basketball. I don't <laughs> think you can trade two way contracts. I also wow. think Tyler Bay needs to fire his agent because he wanted to be signed to that 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 two way deal. Like he thought he could and maybe he wants to hit the market and do something different. The Tyler Bay thing is like weird in its own right. Because like the Mavericks probably would have liked to have signed him to a Kind of four-year kind of cheap second-round deal the way they did like Brunson years ago. But but who knows? That sort of stuff gets gets very, very interesting. So I could be out of turn here, but I think part of the holdup for why they don't want Dragic has to do with the fact that when the 2022-23 league year starts and Luka is getting paid $45 million, Porzingis is getting paid 30ish million dollars. Tim's getting paid 18. Like they're they'll start that business year over the cap, but even if Drogic goes away. And because he, you know, and and again, I could be getting some of these details wrong, but I'm guessing they don't like that future outlook with him regardless of what he brings to the team in an intangible. On top of the fact that they don't want to part with assets Powell, at least if they have Powell on the team, they could go into next year saying we have an eleven million dollar expiring contract, which we can then use for future things. That to me has to be a part of this. Yeah. So I don't know. This is all funky. It all it's and it's all so poorly explained because there's nobody like, when it comes to big picture stuff, like, we have our, our wonderful friends that explain this to us on social media if you follow that closely. But, you know, a newspaper article, I don't expect Brad Townsend to be able to map out the specifics of why this is so funky. And as a result, we just kind of all end up getting mad. It's fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got anything no, else uh, for thanks us? Thanks for having me, no No, no, no.
6: That, that, was, uh, that was it. Uh, sure just thing. finally brought up the nerves to come and chat.
1: No, please. If you're, if you're listening to them and this goes for anybody that's listening on the podcast later, download the app, come hang out in the room. It's stupidly addictive. I didn't think I'd like this <laughs> thing at all. And like, I end up joining random ones. Like I, I'm mad that I'm missing Mark Steins because I really like miss listening to him. He's more important than me, but uh, <laughs> thank you for hanging out. No, no problem. Yeah. Go listen to Mark. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. All right, a few more people. Let's roll through. Yash, what's happening?
12: Hey, what's going on, Kirk? How are you doing?
1: I'm okay. Thanks for.
12: Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, I was just thinking. Uh, you know, we we were in the in position to kind of make a push for Giannis, and do you think that that uh, if we didn't make that push for him uh, and went and got like a a Bogdan Bog. Ganovich, like, we'd be in a much better position this yes. year. Right? <laughs> so, I don't know. Do you think that, like, we should have done that last year? And, I mean, hindsight 2020, obviously now we know Giannis signed and all that, but man, Luka and Bogdan just, and KP and, you know, Tim THJ, I think our future would have been right, but now we, we're left with, like, no secondary creator, right? So, who, who are the options now that are really left other than Dragic, because I, I want someone on a, on the timeline that we're that we're dealing with too, because Dragic is thirty five. Yeah, he'll be good for a year or two, but like Luca wants to contend for the next ten years, right? So I want someone on the timeline as well. So where's sure. the guys?
1: Well, <laughs> that that's kind of where things get funky because on the green on the other green room with Mark Stein, he says the Mavs are definitely not in the Schroeder Schre- Schre- yeah, shooter mix. And the Mavs also have no ties to Lori Marketing. So you know, any sort of thing that happens, like there's a dwindling number of opportunities, so it's it's really weird. I don't know. I mean, at least uh, you know, uh, at least the Mavs didn't make some crazy pitch to to Kelly Oubre. Like he, you know, he could still end up having to be whatever, but it's not like they're paying. Like I was worried, like coming into this, that because like like wing depth is so weird. That they would pay somebody like him, he, you know, because he hung forty on them. And even though I don't think he's very good,
12: yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad we're uh, not going that route for sure. Um, yeah. You got anything else for us tonight? Um, no that that was just my big question is who who could we? Because I think like yeah, draft draft wise, we're we we do not have any draft picks right for the next few years because they're Still in that KP deal, I think we go one more, don't we? Mm-hmm. We owe twenty twenty three. Yeah, twenty twenty three. Um so so do you think what's our next like best avenue to get a third star?
1: A star saying they want to come to Dallas it's got to be something like that because I'm not sure if they can do anything like, you know, trade wise to where they proactively go get someone. I think it needs to be a thing where a star says, I want to go there and then everybody else figures out.
12: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. No. Yeah. Thanks for having me up. That's just what I want to just talk about. Appreciate it. Of course, man. Have a good night. All right. You too.
1: Okay, we have a couple people waiting. Juan, what's up? I love your uh, avatar. Hit that unmute button. Coping with uh, loss. Uh, hello. How you doing, Juan? Hello.
13: Hi. Hey. Uh, hey, Kirk. Thanks for uh, having me on. Um, what I want to say is I want to defend the whole um, that people say that the that Cuban is cheap. But I don't think he's cheap. I think he's just kind of like pissed everybody off. Like when he said about, um, he said it about, um, what was that list you had? It was, um, uh, Westbrook. <laughs> yeah, he got yeah. Westbrook and then he did the whole Nash thing. Um, and like, you know, like you had a Kendrick Nunn didn't even want to come over here. Like, Kemba didn't even give us a chance. Like, I think just, he's just pissed off so many of these people like that. They don't just want to come over here because I think they were trying to waste money because they signed, um, Willie and, and, uh, Boban so they could go over the cap or operate over the cap. So it wasn't about money to me. So I think they just don't, they, they kind of, you know, um, did anyone want to come over here and check the maps out or anything? What's your opinion on that?
1: I mean, I I've been kind of railing on Cuban for two years now. And a lot of times, like I have some really, you know, I really love interacting with people on Twitter, even people who tell me to fuck off. I i did, you know, I have a five-year-old who's got a smart mouth, like nothing hurts my feelings. Um, but there're just a whole host of people who really buy that Mark Cuban is the best owner in sports and look at how great he is he loves his team and no one is very interested in having the conversation that he's James Dolan without a band because that's kind of what he is um you know only James Dolan never had a Dirk Nowitzki and so these sorts yeah. of things where like the like player you know Bradley Beale's never going to come to Dallas like unless you know ever in my opinion like no. Bradley Beal loves AAU basketball like it, it's what got him out of St. Louis and Mark Cuban shit all over it as a concept yeah. because he was trying to make a cool point about how smart the European system is like he would much rather win an argument than win a war because that's or, or, all that matters to him in the short term what?
13: When he kicked like Lamar Odom, I mean, come that on, was how crazy. We, they, like, I I'm wanting people. to kick Lamar Odom, or, or like Westbrook. He pretty much pissed off the whole Jordan brand. I mean, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, so I don't know. I that's I was just kind of wanted to make in defense that I don't think it's, it's cheap. I think that just people are just so mad at him or something. I don't know what it is, but that's pretty much it. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> Oh, sure, sure. Well, thanks for hanging out. Appreciate you waiting
1: for a very long time to chat. Sure, thanks. All right. Last but not least, I've made him wait forever. He's a longtime follower. Brett, you're a good man for hanging out. What do you got for us tonight?
14: Oh, I'm just hanging out because I'm waiting for the uh, USA game to start. But um, but my main point was just that um, we're talking about Masai and Nico. Like, obviously, like, Masai is maybe the best – General manager in the league, and he. We also have to remember that he sat on Lowry at the trade deadline. Mm. Like he, he, didn't accept any of the deals. I mean, in like, I mean, and, I mean, I get, I get, that part of that is because because Lowry's, you know, basically has been the face of the franchise for a decade there. Um, so that's a part of that. But still, I mean, he could have got probably multiple picks at the trade deadline and didn't do that um, because he his. Offer wasn't met, which, right. is, which seemed like to be kind of just to prove a point to like the Lakers or whatever that that like he's not going to get lowballed, um, and so I can't imagine. I mean, like obviously, like I still do think that probably it happens by Friday, and that all this stuff is just kind of posturing. I hope so. so I mean, other otherwise, the Mavs are
1: just like more stupid than I thought, but well, but, I'm. I mean, I think Cuban views himself as the best negotiator in every negotiation, and I don't know why. Um, that's a really good point about Maasai Mer- holding out as long as possible. I I think I knew that somewhere in my brain, but wasn't really prepared to deal with, with getting mad about it. So thank you. I'm, I'm glad. Now I'm mad about it.
14: <laughs> well, and, and, and also I think that this directly relates to that because this is like the return for, for Lowry mm-hmm. to him and yeah. to, the, to the Raptors. Like this is like, I mean, and so if they can get even a tiny bit, and that's getting something out of basically nothing, rather than letting letting Lowry go into free agency. Um,
1: well, the Raptors but, yeah, should uh, I mean, probably I, stealth tank, but they probably don't want to because, like, Siakam's pretty good. Like they they haven't they have a pretty good team. You know, well, their the issue East. their issue with tanking is
14: just that, like, Siakam is pretty good, but he also just had a pretty bad year, and like and so his value is probably lower for other teams, so they couldn't just like trade him and start a small rebuild, um, at least not for the assets that they would want.
1: For sure. Like, for sure.
14: But yeah, that was my only point, because I was thinking about, um, about, about the Raptors and why they would kind of hold out on this. I mean, I do think he ultimately either gets bought out or gets traded just because there's not really, like, he doesn't want to play... 40 games in Toronto, like, right. for a team that's going to be bad. And right. he's, like – and, like, I mean, Kimba got bought out. I get that. That's because Kimba had, like, a million do- – like, had, like, whatever, $35 million on his contract, and no one can trade for that. But really, no one other than the Mavs is going to trade for Droghage e- either. There's no competition. Like, either they will trade him now, or they will buy him out at the buyout deadline. Like, th- that's the only two options. I mean, so, I mean, unless – Unless besides, does, does just want to prove a point that he's not going to take like Powell for that or whatever, but
1: yeah. sorry, I no my I, I can hear my dog running around upstairs and I muted myself for a second. Well, thank yeah, thank you for hanging out. You got anything else? Uh, nope. All right, man. You have a good night. You too. Okay, so if anybody is a true lunatic and has been listening past the 100-minute mark of this podcast, I very much thank you for, for hanging out. Uh, you know, I, I do these green rooms uh, for, for the folks who want to join. We'll see if this actually records and I can post this as a podcast. And if not, this will be just a wonderful conversation between just us friends. Uh, Josh and I will probably do another podcast tomorrow just because he and I haven't talked in a few days. Uh, and then we'll see where things go from there. All right, guys, you have yourself a great rest of your evening. This has been Kirk Henderson on Radio Free Mavericks, and we will talk to you relatively soon. Good night, guys.
12: Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com.